on today's episode of Dropkick Discourse. It's crime and punishment time. A burglar willingly gives up all anonymity. We discuss some laws that maybe need an overhaul. And as always, what's up with Florida, man? Hello once again and welcome to another episode of Dropkick Discourse with your three hosts. I'm Tom. I'm Jack. And I'm Dave. Now, how are we all feeling this week, guys? How have we been since last episode? Yeah, good. It's been a been an interesting week. How so? Well, it's only been one day. Well, thanks for giving up the magic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's it's it's been a quick week. You really you really just you're really just sort of starting us off on the right foot, aren't you? Yeah, look. It's the magic of podcasts that they don't necessarily... We can pull the wool over your eyes. Yeah, they don't necessarily have to be week to week. We could record 17 in a row and you may not even know. Now they're definitely going to know. Yeah, they will. Okay, so would, would it be fair to say, guys, that you've, uh, you've had a good couple of days? You've, you've been relatively good boys? I've, I've been good. You haven't I'm, been naughty at all? Not that I can recall. Okay. Well, that's fine. A tad, but uh, nothing out of the unusual for uh, me. Have you, been, have you been naughty, Tommy? Have you got something to confess? No, I don't, actually. That sounds guilty to I me. I think it's fair to say that, for the most part, apart from just our silly attitude sometimes, we are very good boys. We most of the boys. time. Most I'm of the time. I'm a good boy. My mum says I'm a good boy. Mine doesn't, Does. but let's not get into it. Oh. <laughs> well, conversely, we're going to be looking today at uh, a topic surrounding crime and punishment. I feel like it's too good a topic to to sort of pass up because we get a lot of interesting stories come up yeah. from, in terms of in terms of criminal activity. Yeah, there are some very smart criminals out there. I mean, the smartest criminals out there you probably don't know about because they haven't been caught for their crimes. That's right. But it's the dumb ones that we hear about, and boy, do we hear some dumb ones. Absolutely, we do. I love a true crime, true crime podcast, true crime documentary, but. I guess I take the most enjoyment from ridiculous and strange crime. I think yeah. that's where really, really my passion lies. They definitely mm. encapsulate your attention a lot more just out of the sheer ridiculousness of them. You know, you, you read all these stories, you know. Personally, on my social media accounts, I follow things like the New South Wales Police, Queensland Police. There's a lot of things on there that sort of just, yeah, they're kind of running the run-of-the-mill offences, but then you get out there into the wide world of all the more strange and questionable things and it gets a hell of a lot more amusing yeah i think there's some really really funny uh police social media account managers out there yeah there is definitely they've stepped their game up recently i think i think new south wales police kicked it off pretty well and on facebook they're yeah, unreal they, yeah, they kicked they it off pretty good and then the other the other jurisdictions got involved and uh Bit of back and forth banter between the two, particularly like state of origin time. There yes. was a bit between Queensland and uh, New South Wales going there. It, That's it right. Is, it is good to see, you know, a bit of that, uh, a bit of that humour from the police in that regard. Absolutely. So I think what we're first going to kick off with today is uh, we're probably going to get into some of the more stranger crimes that we've come across in our travels. So cracking on. This one I actually found quite amusing, uh, and I thought we, we need to talk about this one. I don't know. It, it kind of sounds like it would almost be expected of an Aussie crim. It just seems like that sort of level of intellect. So 
in this case, it, a masked man robs a store with his uh, with his mask on, with his ski mask or whatever, and he decided he needs a dart. He needs a cigarette. He needs his smokes. The shop attendant asks him for ID, which I think, given the uh, situation, that is incredibly calm and collected of the store attendant for one. Okay. <laughs> this guy's robbing you. He's got a ski mask on. Sorry, mate. Do you have ID for the darts, man? <laughs> All right. So what does this bloke do? He hands it over. Yeah, he hands his license <laughs> over. I feel that's a good ploy, though, from the uh, from the shop attendant because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure if you're in one of those roles, you know, like uh, you used to work at a bottle. I did. Be, There'd be people coming in every now and then just to try and trick you, to try and test you. They, they look right. under, they look under twenty five. I think it is is the yep. is the law, and it's you got to ask them for ID. Yeah. So they, they deliberately put someone in that's a little bit young looking, and you just you're not sure, and they're testing you. So who knows? This robber could have been a test. So the guy's like, "Oh, I'm getting robbed here, but it could be a test. I'm gonna ask him for his ID." Just in case. Could you blame them if it was Australia? Because yeah. because having worked in a bottle shop years and years ago, as you said, the penalty in New South Wales at least for you know giving over alcohol or tobacco products to someone that's under eighteen is an offence that's uh, that carries a hundred and ten thousand Australian dollar punishment. Yeah, that's huge. That's decent. So the bloke is he's on the right track. He's covering he's like, his ass, isn't he? I don't want to pay. I'll hand him the money from the till, whatever. But I don't want to be paying out of pocket for this. So I'm just going to check his ID just in case. I think it really shows the difference between the mindset of a career criminal or an organized criminal and someone who goes, all right, I don't quite have enough money at this point. I'm going to dip my toe into the crime world. Because just the act of the willingness to comply to hand over the ID seems to me that this person, the thief, in question here, has spent a significant or the vast majority of his life just kind of following the law as a normal right. citizen. This doesn't give me the impression that this is a well-practiced man. It feels this like... It seems like his first foray into the uh, into the criminal underworld, doesn't it? It definitely is. It feels like a quick discussion with mates or a quick little... Even Google online, you could probably come up with a, a, a better game plan than the obvious of don't tell them who you are. <laughs> That's right. And I've got a question on my mind about it still, which is, okay, once he handed his ID over, did the attendant ask him to, to rip the mask off so he can see? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Just, his ID. Can I, I just need to check the photo, man. Can if you I'm the, the attendant, if I'm the attendant and some, a mask man's given me his ID, my next question would be, will you remove the mask? It's just to kind of stand there in stunned silence and go, I can't believe that worked. And the second that person has left the store, to beam the camera and go, did you see that? <laughs> That's right. Just to make sure that there are witnesses to like the absolute best possible mental move in that situation of being like, <laughs> did you see that? It's incredible. It's kind of like at, at the same time as maybe, you know, he's following regulatory procedures. At the same time, it's kind of like simultaneously an IQ test for the guy in question. He didn't pass that IQ test, I'm he assuming. He obviously did not. That's a guilty plea, surely. Surely. How would you go not guilty? What would your defense be? I don't Is know. Is there a defense you could get away with with not guilty? 
Well, you can't confirm that was me under the mask. I yeah. stole the ID, <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, that's about to, it's my, not my ID. I stole that too. And then <laughs> to another in, in which case, yeah, it's like, okay, do you want to be do you want to be done for a pack of darts, a pack of Doritos, and whatever else you wanted from the convenience store? <laughs> do you want to get done for identity fraud? Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably just take the guilty plea and go, you know what? That's me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm my bad. <laughs> and just cut your losses and just admit you're a bit dumb. So coming off the back of that, David, I think you've got something as well, don't you, along the same sort of topic? Yeah, so this was just a... I originally saw this as uh, a New South Wales police uh, little post on their Facebook page, but just found a little news article related to it. Uh, it's one of these stories that it made me laugh because it starts off a little innocuous and it just gets better and better and better with the amount of crimes and in some ways the seriousness of some of those offences... As, I love those stories that on. just snowball. So uh, this one's a bit of a local one. So uh, it's uh, from Wollongong, where we where we grow up or where we live currently. Yeah, so the article goes, a woman with a cancelled learner licence, so... Good start. Good start. That's already a brilliant has start. allegedly been found in an unregistered car with false number plates. So that's three things right there. Three. Cancelled learner licence. <laughs> four, even. By herself with a learner's, but it's cancelled, so... Does the driving instructor or the person responsible for their learning get in trouble too if the learner becomes cancelled? Because clearly you're not teaching them anything good. Ooh, that's a good point. I know, like, if you were to commit an offence while being, like, supervised by a driver, then I'm pretty sure the other driver also gets pinged. Yes, the supervising <laughs> driver in that scenario also cops, you in, know, in relevant instance, clients I, I and think, demerits. I think they were We can assume there's no supervising yes, driver in yes. this one. So, yes, so... Uh, Police officers followed a Nissan Pulsar into the car park. Of course it's a Nissan Pulsar. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what a surprise. That was my first car. Yeah, it says a lot about you. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, so they followed this car into park of, uh, of into the car park Sorry, of a unit complex in Wollongong, uh, identifying it as a vehicle of interest from a traffic stop two days prior. So there's history. Okay. The car's registration expired over a month ago. All right. Police alleged the driver, a 22-year-old woman, had her learner license cancelled after she was disqualified from driving for drug-related offences. At 22 years old as well, so she's been on the L plates for a, for, a while. for quite a while. Yeah. Enough, enough to be a fully licensed driver. At, at that point, That's it's, right. Yeah, at that point, it's, you know, you could be on your full license for sure. Maybe your P's if you're a bit slow, but nah, still on the learners. All right, yep. Yeah. And for drug-related offences driving too. Yep, yep. Officers, of course did the smart thing, and conducted a drug test. Positive. Test. There's only one way this can turn out. It is. It positive. was positive. It was a positive drug does test. Does it mention what for? It doesn't mention what for. I'd be fascinated to know what for. Yeah. So, officers then conducted a search of the car and uncovered a set of homemade cloned number plates with two number plates stitched together to form <laughs> one. Okay. When you said homemade number plate, I thought you meant like... A bit of car Arts and craft number plate, <laughs> but okay, so they've the thing, no, the so they've, cho mind, they've chop shop two number plates yeah. together. The thing that my mind immediately went to was like what people do commonly, which is scrawl their number plate on a piece of cardboard and slap it on the back of a bike rack. Yeah, also very illegal. I wonder what the world for that. I wonder what the world quality was. I'm assuming yeah, the world quality I'd, wasn't great. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, she's taken to the police day. She underwent a second drug test. Also positive. Okay, yep. Doing Charged well. with driving while cancelled, unlawfully possessing a thing that resembles a number plate, which 
is an interesting way of saying it is a number plate, but it's not a real number plate. I love how laws are written. I love how they're written. A thing. Yeah. Drug related charges and using an unregistered vehicle. Wow. That just kept getting better. Like Go hard or go home, right? That's it. That's got to end in jail time, doesn't it? You'd think so. That that adds up. Surely that adds up quite a bit. It's like if you're committing one crime, only just do the one at once. Just not all of them. Not all of them. It's a lot at once. It is certainly yeah. at least get your driver license suspended again. Suspended and or cancelled uh, well, for an even longer period of time. Currently didn't have a license to cancel. So it was already cancelled, remember? Now, yeah. So how does that However, work? Do you just like put I think a ban it, on cancelling her? <laughs> well, I think that the I think that the way it usually works is if the license has already been cancelled, they extend the period of time in which you are not able to obtain a license. Yeah, fair. So you'd still be disqualified until, you know, X amount of years time. Which so in her case, you know, it, should, it could be up to half her natural lifetime. Yeah, and it's probably justified in that regard. And it just brings to mind a whole lot of stories I've seen recently where I think there was another one I saw come up from the New South Wales Police where another driver was found driving when they were disqualified until 2056 or something stupid. What do you have to do to be disqualified for that long? A lot of shit. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a big effort. That's M- like... Maybe old mate who stole the go-kart got done for that long too. <laughs> yes. That was a recent one. Now, yeah. That, yes. yeah that now, one, that's another local the, the, story. Yeah. That caused a train crash, didn't it? Did. it? That was it how was that ended. It derailed yeah. a four-car train. So the what happened in this instance, and this is such a mind-blowing story because <laughs> it's just like the it's the world's most menial and dumbest crime that led to the worst possible outcome. So what happened was this guy, there's a train station, a particular train station, and it's right next to a level crossing. Now on the other end of the level crossing, there is a go-kart track. So it was probably about four o'clock in the morning on this particular day. So what this guy did, he stopped, He ended up stealing a van from an address maybe 15, 20 minutes away. He then drove to this go-kart joint, but he didn't park it in a very good spot. Didn't, didn't park it in the car park of the go-karting joint. Oh, no. No, no, no. He, went, he wanted to go around the back and cut the fence open. So <laughs> okay. he turns not onto the grass section on the side of the rail corridor. This dumbass drives himself onto the tracks. Never a good idea. How do you think that's going to go? Mario Kart style. Which is ironic considering what he was trying to steal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, fair. (laughs) So he drives down and then, of course, not far down, the car bogs itself on the tracks because, you know, a, a car doesn't do well in ballast. No. So that's where he leaves it. He just leaves it there. How do you ha- did he have the go-kart by this stage? No. Did he ever get his hands no. on the go-kart? Yeah, he did actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he went he That makes me feel better. <laughs> At least he sort I of shouldn't be, I shouldn't be on his side. <laughs> but <laughs> but I like the idea of someone stealing the go-kart. That's right. <laughs> yes. So he, he got out of the car and he's kind of going, oh, well, fuck it, I'll just leave it there. Uh, which was one of the best decisions he made all day, as we'll get into. So he goes down. And he cuts a hole through the through the chain link fence at the back. He goes in, he grabs his go-kart, and he drags it out to the track side in time to look up and see a fucking train coming straight <laughs> towards him. And he shits his dax. And he just drops it as he was sort of trying to get it into the back of the van. Just drops it and fucking runs. I and mean, smart man at that point, yeah. At least he had... 
uh, enough brain cells for self-preservation. Self-preservation definitely <laughs> kicks in. It's a strong override switch. Yeah. So Faced with the train. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So in that particular stretch of track, there's no lighting around the corridor. It's very, very dark. So the driver of the train did not see this car until he was basically right on top of it. So he... I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he managed to emergency brake right before it, but it That's wouldn't have done much. Do anything. Yeah. It wouldn't when have done anything at all. And yeah. uh, and given that uh, that particular train station, it's rare for trains to stop there unless requested. And on the up track, like if you're traveling in the up direction, it's about 110 k's an hour for a train through there. Yeah. That's so this guy was basically on 90, 100 k's an hour when he slammed into the car. So that had enough force to, well, not only leave just about nothing of the car, but also caused the front two carriages to derail. The power car hit the platform, bounced off, and ended up the driver car, and I think the one behind it as well, on yeah. its side yeah. in the grassland next to it. Thankfully, I don't believe there was a couple of injuries. No one was Yeah, there was killed. like four or so injuries. There wasn't too many people on the train. No, because it was very, very it was early. early. Which is a I mean, a good outcome in the end, really. That could have yeah. been a whole lot worse if that was a packed train. Yeah, I don't know whether it's, you know, the right thing to say, but maybe in itself it was a blessing that yeah. there wasn't too many yeah. people on it. But Look. either way, yeah, two cars ended up on their side. The driver was pretty injured. A couple mm. of passengers were fairly injured as well. So mm. He was positively drug tested too, wasn't he? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to say... But it wouldn't surprise me. It, look, it feels like it is. And I want to do a throwback to last episode where I brought up steroid Olympics. But I've just had another idea. Let's hear it. Meth Olympics. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's and I know it sounds terrible, yeah. but it reminds me. It reminds me of a. It reminds me of another story that does involve a significant crime, which was late eighties, early nineties, San Francisco, the tank chase. Oh, I've not heard of that one. Yeah, it's a. It's a bit of a callback. An ex-soldier plumber. Meth head stole a tank and went on a rampage through San Diego. It, it sounds very Grand Theft Auto. It, it, does it absolutely like, is. Did he steal it from the military base? He know, did. Shoot the fence oh, down. Oh, man, that no, is no, 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 no. Straight from the military base. Walked on. All the guards have gone home at 6 p.m. He stole the tank. This is some Fort Zancudo yeah. shit. That's, that's it. That's what I'm thinking. That's not the point of this story, though. This part ties into my idea for Meth Olympics. Right. Because he loved meth. If anyone's interested in hearing a really good rendition of the story, listen to the Dollops episode called The Tank Man. It's phenomenal. But at one point, he and a friend decide to have a wrestling match, and they used to wrestle all the time to prove each other's manliness while they were actively using meth. And at one point, the man in question had his back broken wrestling and was left unattended and had to wait for the neighbour to come and call paramedics. Bloody hell. But clearly... People on meth, whatever they're doing, do it really, really full on. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just well, saying, like a few sports. The, the, the videos of cops trying to take down people on meth or like bath salts or things like that just going on a rampage. Yeah, you can clearly see they've got that, that superhuman strength just because of the drugs they're on. So if you're putting that into a sporting situation, yeah, it's going to be uh, a bit be, wild. It'd I be think. great. I mean, probably wouldn't get anyone to. You, I'm just look. It's a bit unethical. You you need dedicated more, teeth sweepers. Yeah, it's more. Unethical. <laughs> you need you need dedicated people to like on the tennis match. Like instead of ball boys, there's teeth boys oh. running across and just <laughs> picking up the dropped teeth that that happened to occur on heavy use. Oh yeah, look, they're thinking, oh, it's payday from the tooth fairy. That's I it. can 
I can switch to a crime that's a little bit more positive in nature. Yeah. Because uh, like I guess that news. one's. Yeah, it's good news. It's good news. So I don't have an article reference for this one this week, but this one, it's been lodged in my memory for years that I want to say around 2016 in Brazil, one of the drug lords in the favela kidnapped a convoy of nurses and vaccines at gunpoint and forced them to vaccinate a lot of the poor people living in the slum and favela areas. Yeah, that's like some Robin Hood kind of thing right there. It's absolutely Robin Hood. Yeah, it's it's like the the crime of kidnapping and stealing, it's not a good thing to do. I don't think anyone was harmed. Exactly. The outcome from it was of a benefit to society. However, in saying that, it's still kidnapping, and I'm sure that the nurses did not appreciate no, it. No, there's probably some PTSD it's not, there. It's not their fault that the poor people yeah. didn't get vaccinated. You know, it's that they didn't make the decision. No, they didn't. However, I don't think it was a very aggressive kidnapping. It, it was probably going along the lines of, hey, you knew uh, this uh, was kind of coming. Yeah, and I suppose if, just come with if us. You're a, if do, you're a well known drug lord, you just, you, if you just rocked up and you're like, look, you know I'm, how I'm this gonna, goes. You know how it goes. You know how this goes. Uh, this is what I want you to do. Just comply. All good. Yeah, it doesn't need to be violent. It doesn't need... Yeah. Man, look, he was looking out for his people, you know? Yeah. Looking out... It's noble. Yeah, absolutely. In the, a way. The, the approach... Yeah, they might be a bit on the fence about that one, but I think it was a very poignant statement. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of I did, sort of. I don't condone it, but hearing it is nice. The purpose behind it was noble in its own right. So actually, coming back to the derailment, actually, I actually looked it up and I've got some uh, got some news on how or what they ended up charging him with. It doesn't necessarily say anything about any sort of drug test or anything, but I did forget that it actually took them six days to find the guy. He went right undercover. He was shitting himself. He knew. Yeah, he knew he stuffed up. He knew he was going to go and get reamed big time. He'd been charged with endangering the safety of persons on a railway. And obstructing a locomotive, which I didn't even know was an actual was charge. Yeah. But there you go. They've got a charge for everything. Probably doesn't happen often. Magistrate no. blew the dust off that book and was like, well, didn't think I'd see you again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think most times that that charge would come up, it's probably like a penalty if you're just sort of obstructing like a level crossing or something. I know. It's yeah, been, parked your car I across it. I think it's been used recently for some protesters up at the ports and stuff up in Newcastle where the... Yeah. Uh, where the coal ports are and stuff. I've definitely seen a lot recently about people obstructing the rail corridor along there and stuff. So that's probably that's probably the intention probably of some of those in. laws is those kind of things or parking on there yes, deliberately or stuff like that. But Speaking of the man going on the run for a few days, you know how if you've ever gone to a party and you've acted up a little bit, you have that guilty feeling when you wake up the next morning and you check your phone messages or you check your social media or your call log. Imagine waking up the next day. I'm assuming he was hungover or something <laughs> and turning on the TV and being like four carriage derailment and just going, Fuck. oh, just no. Imagine like, just like all you've got is those like those little flashbacks of memories. Wait, I was in a, a white van last night. <laughs> I, I feel like at some point I do recall a go-kart. <laughs> and then and just you just going, put oh, two together shit. and go, that, that was me? <laughs> Yeah, not ideal situation to be waking up in. Horrible. Not not at all. Horrible. So he's also charged with larceny, uh, driving a conveyance without consent, 
And driving whilst disqualified. So again, here's the driving while disqualified thing. Yeah. So he also didn't have a license. So he, I suppose you, you can get a, a pretty accurate sort of idea of what this guy's character is generally like. Mm. And breaching his bail conditions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so all, it's just, all on bail. It wow. just gets better and better, much yeah. like the other story yeah. you had before. Uh, when the cops find, found him, you can imagine just the grins on their faces. Being Absolutely. Like, G'day, mate. How are you going? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. And it made national news. Did it? Yeah, everybody was reporting about it. That one. That one. Oh, I guess a train derailment. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty huge. It was pretty a uncommon. serious derailment, yeah. and I haven't checked the Australian Transport Safety Bureau's website to see if there's actually been a report since, which I would probably say there is, but that would be an interesting read as well. Mm. But uh, safe to say, especially seeing as how he breached bail conditions, I don't think old mate's coming out of the slammer for a bit. Doubt yeah. it. I have another crime. Uh, a man presented to a police station in the U.S. And this was a few years ago before there are uh, significant changes in cannabis legislation. Mm-hmm. And he filed a complaint to the police officers behind the desk that a portion of his marijuana c- crop had been damaged and vandalized and stolen. <laughs> at which point the police officers took the report genuinely in good faith, <laughs> took the report, took the address, went out to investigate, took the man with him. The second they located the property, the man was arrested <laughs> for cultivation of cannabis crops uh, illegally. Look, yeah, it sucks that that happened to him, that his, his, uh, potentially his livelihood got damaged. And, you, you know, it, he's he's thinking of it. He's like, look, I need, I need some assistance with this one. It speaks to the nature of people yeah. who are involved, I guess, in cannabis circles where they don't view it as a crime because yeah. they're so involved. He's just a man with a garden at that point who's yeah. had it damaged. So he's gone to the police for help and just had that little forget that even though so <laughs> much of society is okay with it, that it's members of the law unlawful. enforcement <laughs> must, must, yeah, when presented with undoubtable evidence, must not be okay with it. <laughs> so yeah. that poor man, like... <laughs> you know, he was like, he was in a happy frame of mind until that happened. He was like, these guys will help me out. It's the act of a blissful, like it. It, it does feel like he would might have been using his own his own supply when he made yeah, that report because it, that's right. it does have like the genuine earnestness of a stoner being like, <laughs> "I need some help here. I need an adult. I can't quite cope with this significant <laughs> thing that's occurred with me. Yeah. I was really expecting to just be on the couch, damaged in my fridge <laughs> and my pantry, but <laughs> please help me." <laughs> Look on the topic of uh, marijuana. The, uh, the story I've got here, oh, it's just a little headline. It's a classic Florida man headline. Man with Florida tattoo on his forehead arrested for misuse of 911 and marijuana possession. And I just, I need to show you this. It's, it is legitimately a tattoo of Florida between his eyebrows what the on hell? his head. It's... The most Florida Okay, thing. I pictured the word Florida on his head. No. So he has the silhouette of the, the state. The silhouette of Florida. Between the eyes. Between, between the, the eyebrows. eyebrows. And can I just say from the expression he's got on his face, it it looks like he's very unimpressed with it too. What was his misuse of 911 and marijuana I'm very, very curious I'll, about I'll this. I'll see if I can click and find the link, but the uh, little headline that I saw for that one only had the headline. Only so. had the headline. Love a good headline. Florida men produced the best headlines. Absolutely. Here we go. I've found it. According to police, 22-year-old was arrested early Sunday morning after he twice called 911 to find a ride home, according to a court complaint, and cursed at the call taker during the call. Like, 
okay, cursing is probably not the crime. It's the continually calling it to find the ride. I mean, there's Uber. There's plenty of other services for that. The misuse of emergency phone or the misuse of like call time for emergency services is very common across the board. Absolutely. And you hear stories of it all the time throughout Australia. People just like calling ambulances because they need a ride somewhere. Oh, like, have they not heard of Uber? Or one of the most common classic ones is that a kid who knows their parents work in emergency services and is like, well, my mum works there so or my dad works there. So if I call this number, they can put me on to my dad. And I've heard of that one occurring. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like they've still got to go out and investigate and they've still got to make sure everything's okay. But at that point, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit cute almost that they, they well, know I, the number, they know that their parents work there and they just so want to talk to their parents well, that they think, see, look, I can get through this way. But. What what alters that? What changes the tone of it is whether they're three years old or they're 39. Ah, that's the difference. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Mom. Can I have chicken salad for dinner? Can you pick it up on the way home? I don't think he's going to be asking for chicken salad if he sounds like that. It's going to be chicken nuggets. Yeah, chicken nuggets. Maybe with the macaroni. Chicken nuggets. Another common one. It's like my family. (laughs) Another common one is that there seems to be a belief in some of the aged people in the population that they need to call the fire brigade every time a smoke alarm goes off. Yes. And a very, very common call up is that Either the toast is burned or something like that. And they, you know, well, my smoke alarm went off. So you guys have to come and just check to make sure everything's fine. Can you see flames? No. No. Well, you're all good. You're all good. Yeah. That's fine. Have you ripped the toaster out from the wall socket? <laughs> okay, problem solved. Yeah. Like it just takes a little bit of, you know, your own process of deduction. Yeah. I mean, their prevailing message is it's always better to be safe than sorry. Mm. But it must be frustrating to be on the end of that line and have to deal with some of the absolute bullshit that comes through. But yeah. maybe, you know, they get a little bit back for themselves at the end of it because I don't know about any other places around the world, but certainly in Australia, particularly in New South Wales, there is a call-out fee for fire brigades and ambulances, which yeah. is like a few hundred bucks. And so if it's a bit of a waste of a time call, well, you're up for a few hundred bucks there, son. So I guess in a way... For petty calls, they kind of get a little bit of their own revenge back in the form of a financial penalty. Always makes me nervous though, because most most of the time those things come from a back to base system. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's normally the most yeah. innocuous or stupid thing that set them off. I remember at the end of last year, I accidentally evacuated the building I work in that shared with my office and a couple of different various white collar professions who were far more serious in nature than me. Yep. Ah. <laughs> uh, it was a back-to-base system, but we luckily called the did the department to make sure they didn't come out. Yeah. But uh, there there was an allegation of head lice in one of the conference rooms, so I smartly bug bombed it, not realizing that there was <laughs> not realizing that there were particle oh. detectors everywhere. Yeah. Your intentions were honourable. So I've evacuated the whole building, and you know the the question is that this is probably not going to go down well with the other serious corporate yeah, people look, we at, share the office with. At least when you're on the call as well, you probably emphasize that it was a bug bomb and made sure you said bug, bug bomb bug very bomb. clearly. Not because an at that improvised point, explosive device. You don't want to be uh, accidentally getting the police involved by mentioning the, the term bomb over the phone. It's not uncommon yeah. for me. I've actually had the work phone taken off my desk <laughs> because I have on numerous occasions said the wrong thing that has led to 
serious, serious issues <laughs> in the past, which I'm sure I'll tell eventually. But I remember standing out the front, my boss comes up to me and he's like, well, you're going to go have to explain why we're all evacuated to everybody else. Mm. And I went, no worries, mate. Genius idea. <laughs> I walked up to the other two groups and if looks could kill, <laughs> I, they'd be cut to pieces. They were not happy. <laughs> I looked at everybody and I went, okay, I can guarantee that all the nits are dead. <laughs> and the look went around the whole group. Everyone crossed eyes and someone went, you know what, mate? All good. <laughs> and it wasn't an issue. We yeah. all went back to work. Yeah. And I, yeah. It was horrible. Look, at least it wasn't like evacuating a uni uh, student accommodation. Oh, I've done that something. too. You've done that too? Yeah, I've done that too. I was say, I've heard that's a very common thing. You know, one, two o'clock in the morning, someone comes home from a big night out. What can you make in a uni apartment when you've got microwave and a toaster? Oh, you make some toast or something like that. You burn some popcorn. You set the alarm off. Everyone's out of bed at 2 a.m. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. You're also discounting the value in drunk cooking of the versatility of the household kettle. <laughs> this didn't evacuate my uni building, but I I wasn't very popular after this incident. I used we we loved to make spaghetti when we got home from university <laughs> drunk. Did and you uh, do it in your kettle? I did. I put <laughs> I put dry pasta in the kettle, filled it up with water, and boiled it three times. Am I just naive? Because I feel like this is the first time I've ever heard of this concept. Oh, it's great. But here's what I've happened. D- I've definitely heard of the ramen noodles in like the coffee yeah. pot before. This yeah. is the total uni student thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we made the mince. And then because we were drunk, we decided, well, let's just eat the mince. And we completely forgot about the noodles in the kettle. <laughs> so we just went to bed and... <laughs> Then, you know, the non-drinkers, the more temperate people in our accommodation got up the next morning who quite enjoy their morning coffee, saw that the co- the kettle was full. And it's a white one, so you can't see, you know. Yeah. yeah. So they boiled it with their morning coffee, and they've oh. just poured, like, <laughs> night-old <laughs> boiled noodles all oh, over there, like, wee bix and coffee. water. Oh, yum. Yeah, I woke up to a pretty angrily worded Facebook post in the, uh, <laughs> uh, in the accommodation did, wall Did that you night. own up to it or no? Oh, absolutely. There was yeah. no way that people... Yeah. They that, would put two and two together. Oh, 100%. That was me yeah, all over. Okay. I wasn't the best to live with at uni. I'll fully it admit... It doesn't sound like it. No. no, I've done a lot of growing since then. That's Yeah, that's good. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories like that at university. I watched one mate trip over two goon bags on top of a staircase and it just a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> Water or wine? A winefall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goon. Yeah. Some, <laughs> Neither. <laughs> little yeah. column A, little column B. Uni juice. It's uni juice. Well, moving on from that now, I'm going to get into another topic that uh, actually, David, you briefly touched on before. So moving on now, as I said, uh, David, you did mention this topic a little earlier. So I thought this might be a good one to touch on as well. And that is the wondrous case of Florida Man stories that the world has mm. been graced with. Love a good Florida Man story. Now, this is a pretty endless list. We can go a lot of ways with this, and basically all of them are just crazy and out there. Mm. And What have you got for us? Well, this first one is, uh, it really caught my eye, uh, actually, because it's just, well, just like any other Florida Man story, it's insane. Florida Man arrested for assault with deadly weapon. 
after throwing alligator through Wendy's window. <laughs> is the alligator in this instance the the deadly weapon? I'm assuming or so. Or was he like also carrying a firearm as well as this alligator that it, he's tossed through a window? It's not out of bounds to assume if you're rolling around with an alligator, you're probably carrying a firearm. But I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming I'm assuming the charge is in relation to the tossing of the alligator. Oh, I would say so. As well. But, you know, could be... Little column A, I mean, little column B. you'd make a fantastic detective. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. Well, well, it wouldn't. I don't think it'd be necessarily like carrying a firearm. It could maybe be classed as carrying a bladed weapon or something because it's yeah. kind of like a big biological set of saccateurs. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'd love to know the the reasoning behind throwing it through the drive-through window. Like, did they get his order wrong or? Did you just roll up through the drive-thru and just think, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to toss this through? Like, I have no idea, but... And it, it begs the question as well. Like, An alligator would fuck up the back house of a Denny's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I mean, I know thinking of him throwing the alligator through is all well and good, but it's the back of a fast food restaurant. There is, there is a huge amount of highly processed meat... And, and very delicious smelling goods in True. different stages of preparation. Like, an alligator getting in the back, it's, that's horrible. It is. But <laughs> I, I think, I don't know, is, I wonder if, I don't know, Florida residents, similar to Australians, like, we over here, we sort of know how to deal with spiders. We could probably deal with, like, some snakes in our backyards ourselves. Do they know automatically how to deal with an alligator? Is it just a, a simple case of, you know, just chew it out with a broom or well, something like it. that? Or... Are, are we talking like this is a you shut the restaurant you've like you've called in animal control you're bringing in all the big guns to get this alligator out I can tell you what I would rampage. do I'll tell you what I'd do look doesn't really matter what dangerous animal you're faced with yeah all all that all that needs doing in any situation is you just need to be quicker than the last person out of it true that's right now I'm not a very quick man, which means I need to manifest my own destiny in those situations. So the first thing I'm doing is the nearest person to me is getting hurt and is getting <laughs> dropped on the ground in front of the alligator as a sacrificial thing. <laughs> Second thing I'm doing is getting my golf clubs and going for my first entry into my own Olympics as <laughs> the sporting Olympic golf that involves dangerous animals. Yep. Yeah. So I'd have <laughs> a swing right. of golf involved. And then, oh no, but in reality, I'd run. It would be terrible. Yeah, I think it would be. Well, actually, I have some information for you on yes. the case itself. Go. So, according to an article from the Washington Post, authorities in Florida have arrested a man accused of throwing a live alligator through a restaurant's drive through window. Investigators identified Joshua James of Jupiter, Florida, as the man who tossed the three-and-a-half-foot reptile into a Wendy's last That's fall. Decently big, too. That's over a metre. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big alligator. <laughs> he must it's have some muscles on him. It is big enough to fuck up the back of a Denny's or a Wendy's <laughs> or wherever it is. It's... Uh, He's just rolling around carrying this with him. I'm presuming in his passenger seat as well. I have no idea. Back like, of a truck. Back of a U. It has to yeah. be, doesn't it? Like, is it? Yeah. Why would you sit it in there with you? You'd probably end up dead before you got there. He faces three charges related to the incident. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Unlawful sale, possession, or transporting of an alligator. And petty theft. James, 24, was taken into custody and booked into the Palm Beach County Detention Center on Monday. The driver, wearing a baseball hat backward, arrived at the drive through window to receive a large drink just before 1.30am on October 11, according to the report's summary of surveillance footage. Now, what are you doing rocking around Florida with an alligator in your friggin' truck? 
doesn't matter. He's, he had his Look, cap I, on backwards, which means he's cool. So I think it changes the yeah changes the severity of the crime. Cap on backwards, cool person, slightly slightly different crime. The if more it, the more I think about it, I, I'm sort of thinking maybe it's not that abnormal to be rolling around with an alligator in your truck in Florida. I just I think we have our season two of Tiger King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alligator the, man. Pe- people have alligators. Yeah, clearly. Gator guy. Gator guy. That's a good one. <laughs> Netflix. Hit us up. If hit you- us up on our socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Discord. We're on uh, Spotify. All those places that you can get podcasts. Find us there. Hit us up if you want us to make uh, Gator guy. That was unplanned and beautiful. It was. <laughs> now, when you look at this guy, I don't know. He looks a little vague. He doesn't look like he's got the full deck. He's not far off you, David. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> actually, you know, he's look- not far off. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, there is some resemblance yeah. there. However, I'm not from Florida, which is good. I'm from far- Wales, so I'll probably be throwing a sheep through a window. And you're Maybe far from being Steve. More right, Wales, probably through brick through a window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So moving on from that one, which was already wild in itself, Jack, are you uh, you've got another one for us. Mine's. Mine's a little bit different. There is actually no crime committed in this story. So it's just weird. It's weird. A cop claims Burger King employee puts dirt on burger. Investigators later find out that it is seasoning. Seasoning? Seasoning. So like just a bit of salt and pepper on his burger. Salt, pepper, whatever. I don't know which restaurant it was from. I don't know how you could think that that's dirt. I'm not sure. Has this guy been out in public before? I don't know, but this is a this is an officer of the law. This is not a man I want investigating any crime I have. No, oh God, no, because yeah. I'll end up, you know, spilling a bit of tomato sauce or blood. You know, yeah, that's right. It's, it's blood, it's clearly. Blood. It's a hundred percent blood. That's right. He's, You've murdered someone. I have. I'm it's going a to jail. Bit of, bit of a ketchup on the shirt. It's blood. Yeah, that's it. It's not my blood. It's I'm now being accused else's. of going out and killing twenty four people. Bit of an accidental there. <laughs> it is an accidental massacre. How yeah. much sauce did you spill? Quite a lot, evidently. Evidently quite a lot. Mm. Bad police work. Really bad, bad police, police work. Bad police work in yeah. that case. <laughs> yeah. We better hope to buggery that he's not a detective. Can you imagine being, I'm assuming the employee would be some, what, 14 to 17, 20-year-old maybe. That well, that would yeah, be the right. average age. Yeah. Can you imagine having the police officer come up to you and be like, can you explain this and go, it's seasoning? As a teen... I would be struggling to take it very, very seriously. Mm. I know. The shock I would go through finding out that I am being investigated or somehow being charged for, I don't know, poisoning or whatnot. Is there a law that relates to tampering with food, I guess? You're just putting seasoning on it. Seasoning's great. How did this guy get into the police force in the first place? It's not hard in some states in the US. Obviously not. Yeah. Because it seems that the bar has been set very, very low in terms of investigative skills. So from law enforcement to the other side of things, Jacko, you've got somebody else that's on a completely different path. Yeah, this one is a little on the darker side of things, but I still think it is very, very funny. We, we're this still, already makes me we're worried. We're still talking about Florida. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, this is yeah, another else? Florida man. It's a, yeah, right. Florida man climbs on playground to tell children, and in quotes, where babies come from. Mm. What? Yeah. That's, yep. Yep. Not what you want. A creepy I'm already a creepy making, Florida guy. Yeah. At a child's playground. I'm already making some worrying oh. assumptions about this guy. If it's not taught in schools, it could be educational. It could be. You guys have but made assumptions. What happened time, to innocence 
Until proven guilty. You guys have both assumed this is something negative. Oh, I'm a very judgmental person. At the same time, though. Oh, I want to make it very clear <laughs> that no. it's That's definitely something negative. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that I'm sitting yeah. here playing devil's advocate, but I do, I do agree with both of your sentiments. I have another one here. I think it's a little bit more lighthearted. It's still definitely not good in any way, but... Florida man arrested in park for practicing karate on local swans. <laughs> See, no, that one I can understand because swans are violent. Swans are aggressive birds. Yeah, they, They're they angry little chase shits. you and they will try and bite you. I'm like, yeah, I can see why. And I tell you, I feel like it's it's almost a fair fight. A few swans would mess you up. So if you're practicing your karate, you're going to be on your game. A swan's like, taken my brother out before at a zoo. Yeah. 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 Took his nose right. Oh, yeah, so smacked him. So maybe, it's little, maybe it's bloody justified. Look, I, I've been headbutted by a goat before. I've been bitten by a lot of animals. Yeah? Yeah, I've been bitten by a horse. The horse had my name. It was called Jacko. It beat me on the butt. Dang. It beat me on the butt so bad I couldn't sit down on the car trip back from Queensland. <laughs> Uh, that's a, and that's a long way to not be able to sit down. There was a long trip. That yeah. hurt. That hurt. I've been bitten by heaps of horses. I've even been at a stable where they go, this this horse is like old Gary or whatnot. And old Gary is the most docile donkey on the planet. It's never bitten anything. Like it barely even bites its feed. And it bit me on the hand. What, not, do you, what, do you, what is it about you that it means horses want to bite you? Is it I don't know. It must taste real good. You probably... <laughs> Come here, I'll give you a nibble. That juice <laughs> No, but this, so just this goat, it headbutted me, right? Yep. It was so unjustified. So there's a bunch, yeah, so it was a little bit of a, a party for my sibling. We're down at uh, the local tennis courts and this, this tennis court had a bit of a paddock around it. And um, yeah, they kept a couple of goats in there. And, you know, kids, they were probably oh, 10, 10 at the time. And so they just antagonizing this goat me being the the maturer and i say that in inverted commas maturer of the of the group at probably 13 or so at the time thought look i'm going to walk over there i'm going to stop them throwing tennis balls at this goat because it's clearly getting a little bit pissed off you are wise before your time i was i was thinking look i'll look out for this animal here this is animal cruelty and i'm not i'm not for that and uh, i walk over there to try and help this goat out And the thing, it looks at me, it looks me dead in the eyes and starts running at me. And so I was like, well, stuff this. I turn around and run away and suddenly I just get like headbutted right in the bum. And I tell you, like you said, horse biting you in the bum, a goat headbutting you in the bum is also kind of painful. Their little horns, they they hurt. What an ungrateful little bastard. Yeah, I don't know why. It it picked me out of the group. Maybe because I'm bigger than the rest of them. I can tell you exactly why I picked you. You were the only one that wasn't a threat. Every, oh, everyone else, no, but everybody else there <laughs> That's was throwing tennis balls. You stroll over, it goes, perfect. He's the only one who hasn't thrown shit at me. Fair enough. I'm like, I've been getting punched down on. Welcome. You, you've walked into the wrong paddock, <laughs> motherfucker. Maybe I should have taken tennis balls it, with me. It's like, a, it's like a, a game show moment. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. You should have thrown tennis balls at the other children to establish dominance in the hierarchy. I should have done, actually. That, yeah. You raise a very good point. That's right. Then he wouldn't have bloody touched you. No. Thank God I wasn't there because then this story would have, would have devolved. <laughs> I, would have, I would have been bitten by 10, 12-year-olds. Yeah. That's how the story would have ended. I have a goat story. Yeah. Like a greatest of all time story or like it a is my. It is both. It's my greatest <laughs> of all time goat story. That's a double goat story. Goat squared. I only have one. That's right. So, it you know. It's got to be a good one. However, there was a comedian who was very, very famous out in rural New South Wales and rural Australia. 
for living his life transient in a van with a goat called Gary the Goat. Oh, I've seen The comedian was famous for doing, let's just say, a very outdated style of comedy. Yes. And one night he was performing in the bar that I was drinking at. And at halftime in the show, I snuck into the room where he was performing at and people were patting the goat and and drinks. And he made a comment that I hadn't paid to get in. And I said, I don't think you're worth it. And he said, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Come pat the goat. So I went up to pat the goat. And I thought it would be a great idea to just unclip it. Because <laughs> I'd have heaps to yeah, drink at this point. Say, this sounds like a, a Jack's uh, had a couple. He's thinking, he's thinking, what mischief can I get up to? No here? pool balls in this pub. So no, I, I decided bit, to yeah. steal a goat. You're a bit of a rowdy kid on the sauce, aren't you? I don't Jack drink goat? as much anymore. It's, it's a good thing. It's, it's absolutely. It's safe for everyone around. <laughs> safe I, sorry, I unclipped the goat sneakily and left the lead there. And then I went to the toilet, which means I had to leave the room through a closed door and go to the bathroom somewhere else in the venue. And when I'd come back, I could hear a slight kerfuffle on the other side of the door. <laughs> and as I've opened the door, the goat has begun its charge at the, at the reflective mirror on the back of the door. So oh. I've sidestepped and unleashed the goat into the open bar <laughs> where, the rest, where the rest of the patrons are. And then adrenaline's kicked in because it's that moment where I've realised that uh, this has gotten significantly worse <laughs> than it ever should have been. <laughs> no one saw me unclip the goat, so I was fine for that, but I definitely copped a lot of trouble for letting him out into the main part of the yeah, bar. look, at Please. that point, it's not your fault, but they didn't know that it was your Please fault. Please tell me this ended up in some local newspaper. I don't know. I don't know. The damage was very, very limited, thankfully. So he's taken he's taken out to the main part of the bar and he's knocked a table over and a couple of glasses are gone, at which point security has snapped into action and they've gone for a dual attack plan. That One of them has decided to attack the goat and rugby tackles the goat. So Gary has uh-huh. now been subdued. Second part of the attack plan was to crash tackle the man who'd unleashed all of this on us. So I got <laughs> taken down by two rugby players when the goat only got taken down by one rugby player. So the goat was hauled back into the bar, which is incredibly unfair because I was hauled straight out of the bar and I was sent home. Yeah. And that's my goat goat story. That's actually a pretty good story. And I feel like if you'd made the newspaper on that one, I'm thinking, do we, do we have a potential a competitor here to the Florida man, the uh, the Wagga man here. <laughs> I don't know. Unleashes goat on uh, local bar. That didn't end up in the paper. The goat did end up in the paper that weekend because he also peed on the front of the courthouse while he was in <laughs> attendance for something else. So without that, maybe my shenanigans would have ended up in the paper, but the, he was eating flowers from like a gravesite and peeing on like a courthouse. <laughs> so that ended up in the paper too. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. That is uh, the greatest of all time goat story. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, look, I'll give you that, Karen. That's Thank a, you. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a tough top, act to follow. One, so. That's a tough act to follow. Coming back to your original story about the goat, David, mm. you, you mentioned that you hadn't done anything to earn it, right? Yeah. Okay, so I've got a different animal in mind, and this is from my very, very young days. I actually did earn this one. I was, you know, a little toddler in preschool, you know, two or three years old, well, three or four years old probably at the time. And out the backyard of this preschool, which was basically, you know, a two-story house, all the owners lived on the upstairs, the whole downstairs area was the preschool, and you got the backyard. And up the end of the backyard is a chicken coop. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole bunch of chickens in there the whole time I was there. And, you know, sometimes I'd let them out to roam and and all that stuff. So being the smart kid that I am and have always been. And continued to be. I rallied my fellow preschoolers and 
decided to chase after them and make noise and and deliberately aggravate them. So the Pied Piper of chickens. Yes. Well, eh, more the Pied Piper of my other preschooling Pied friends. Pied Piper of two-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> and I took to to bullying the crap out of this poor one, like this one chicken. And was, at it, which was po- it scared of you? It was for a while. Would you say it was, it was a bit chicken? It was definitely very chicken mm. up to a point because at a certain point it just decided, fuck you. I've had enough of your shit. So what does he do? He flaps his wings, he launches up and he freaking latches his claws into my chest. Yeah, so you get taken down by the chicken. <laughs> yes. Chickens are little dinosaurs. We forget yeah. that. Yeah. So there I am, no more bravado, sitting on the ground screaming and crying. Screaming murder, you've been taken yeah. out by a chicken. That's right, I knew how to play the victim. Yeah, look, <laughs> at that point, just as a little bit of smug revenge, I would ask for KFC for dinner on the way home. <laughs> yeah. I want that one there. Yeah. And I want that. Yes. <laughs> I want his head. <laughs> Show me on the doll where the chicken touched you. <laughs> so that pretty much wraps it up for uh, all of our crime and punishment this week. If you've got uh, any ideas of anything that you want to sort of touch base with us on or if you've got any ideas or funny stories that you might want to reach out to us and, and tell us about let us know on any of our uh, social media pages facebook twitter uh, you've also got instagram as well and a uh, and a discord server as well which we'll also keep you updated with regular links for that as well so drop us a follow on any, any of those social media pages and uh, give us an idea of your thoughts on these things and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode see you guys see ya catch us later the driver wearing a baseball bat. Uh, wearing baseball a baseball bat. bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Investigators find it sneezing. Did you say sneezing? Yeah, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that can go right at the end. Did you say sneezing? <laughs> yeah, I'll do that again. <laughs> I was like, it definitely sounded like sneezing to me. I, 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 was like, like... I was thinking about it going, is that a pun? Is that a word? <laughs> Is that something I'm missing? Because <laughs> I just sort of stopped for a second. I just sort of shut down. Take two. Can we pause? I need a pierce. According to police, 22-year-old was arrested early Sunday morning after he twice called 911. 9-1. Shit. Edit! <laughs> Cop claims Burger King employee puts dirt on burger. Investigators find out later that it's sneezing. Fuck! <laughs> This is too good not to put on the end. Take three, mate. Take three. Try again. Do you know the worst part is it's not even fucking funny anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go for a different one. This is like verbal hay fever. Hey, bit of sneezing joke right there. You did not just miss the fist bump. I missed the fist bump. Because I did too. That just makes this even worse. Yeah.